0: Dead, Buried, Raised, and I want to start with a question on this Resurrection Sunday. You need to fill in the blank, and everyone needs to play, so you've got to say a word out loud. Uh, Get ready. Uh, Please fill in the blank for me. Easter is about the death, burial, and resurrection of... Let's find out if your answer is correct, (laughs) incorrect, or partially correct as we read Romans 6 3 to 6. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried. Therefore, with him, by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the death, dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his... We shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. So let's play the game again. Fill in the blank. Easter is about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and us, if you have believed in Jesus. So the events of the first Easter weekend are events that you, if you have believed in Jesus, have participated in. So quite incredibly, in the moment that you believed that Jesus Christ is truly Lord, In that moment, albeit that that moment occurred in the 21st century, or maybe a little while ago at the back end of the 20th century, God, who is unbound by time, in that moment, inserted you in the events, the historical events of the first Easter weekend... And you were, by God who is unbound by time, deaded, you died in, were buried in, and were raised up in Christ. For those who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why Easter Sunday is the blimmin' Super Bowl of our Christian calendar, because it's not something that happened to Him, it's something that happened to us in Him. But it's, a, it's clear in the passage, right? But it's nonetheless a bit of a, a head-scratcher, so let's ask ourselves another question just to help us plug into this remarkable truth that Easter happened to us. Um, and this is not by any means a trick question, so how many men were crucified on crosses either side of Jesus on that first Easter Friday? One on each side. That gives us a grand total of two. You're, you're a math teacher, aren't you? You're breaking it down. One, one plus one equals two. Very good. So two, two, two men died each on a cross either side of Jesus. We know that to be true. How? How? The Bible says it, the Bible said, you're happy that the Bible said we get truth from the Bible. See, you can't like pick and choose. You can't like go for the page in the Gospels where it says two men died on the cross the same day as Jesus, either side of Jesus. and say, so, I believe that two men died. But then when it comes to Romans 6, you, you, you can't, you can't say, so, oh, I don't believe that. The same Bible says you, you died with Christ. The moment you believed, albeit in the 21st century or the back end of the 20th century, in that moment, God, who was unbound by time, inserted you in the events of the first Easter Sunday and you were died, buried, and raised in Christ. Now, this this truth in the passage, let's look at these phrases. Verse 3, baptized into his death. Verse 5, united with him in his death. And verse 6, crucified with him in his death. This this leads to, this truth leads to a glorious implication for you, which is that death is now behind you. Hallelujah. Death is now behind you. Now the Bible says it is appointed unto man, this is Hebrews, it is appointed unto man to die once. So there's no reincarnation. As fun as it would be, you don't get to come back as an aardvark or a a moose or a beagle or whatever your, your fancy is. It's appointed unto man to die once. And we've just been told comprehensively, In Romans 6, that we have died in Christ. So for those of us who've already died in Christ, although death is ahead of us, it's not really death. Call it not death, call it a change of address. It's a wonderful truth that although we shall die in the future, we shall not really die. But I want to get to the tough piece of Easter. I want to get it, to behind, I want to get it behind us in this message so we can have a, a celebratory upward trend to the message. But Easter, it, it's a wonderful day, but it's a rather schizophrenic day, particularly if you're a preacher, because we hit the heights of celebration, but we've also got to acknowledge the reality of crisis. We hit the heights of praise, but there's profound sobriety also attached to Easter Sunday because everything we've seen so far, the inverse of it is that if you haven't believed that Jesus Christ is Lord, you have not yet died in Christ, been buried in Christ and raised with Christ. So the death that's ahead of you is truly death. And there's very little comfort. In fact, there's zero comfort that can be found outside of the gospel of Jesus Christ with your pending death. And I want to um, address this with um, all uh, diligence, but you'll need to fasten your seatbelts. In the moment of death, the Bible teaches that everything we've trusted in will be turned to ash, And the impending experience, death and post-death of judgment, and the reality of being confronted with God and eternity without God, is truly horrifying. I looked up yesterday all the references to the afterlife, and the ones for those who are found in Christ, it's glorious verbiage. For those not found in Christ, it's terrifying. The Bible even says that those dying outside of Christ will beg the mountains to fall on them rather than face judgment and hell. It's One of the most graphic scriptures, they will beg the mountains to fall on them, which the mountains will not do. So friends, if you have not been united with Christ through believing in Christ and united with him in his death, his burial and his resurrection... You must do that with great urgency. Now would be best. Run to Jesus Christ today. We must prepare our lives and ourselves for our last day today. The reality is, and I've had some experience with this personally and with people in my family, and I woke up this morning to news of... A friend of mine, a brother who I know of, a very close friend of mine, hit by a vehicle yesterday, gone. I've been through cancer. I had cancer at the same time as my sister. She didn't come through, I did. It's just in recent years. Truth is, although it doesn't feel like it, because life is noisy and Distracting and often quite fun. The truth is, we're hanging over the mouth of eternity by a single thread. And that thread is breaking. It will break. You're not going to beat the statistics. One out of one people die. It's just one car crash, it's one tumor, it's one clot, it's one gasp of breath, it's one beat of the heart. And we will be in an eternal world forever. It's absolutely imperative that we die inside of Christ. Christianity is glorious. We are happy and we clap. We are happy clappers. (laughs) That's because we're not just emotional junkies, it's because we've been rescued. For all eternity. And uh, we tell the truth. And we preach the Bible. And the truth is to believe in Jesus Christ is to be given peace with God. And I'll explain why in a few minutes. For now and for all eternity. That's those who are outside of Christ. Back to those who were inside of Christ, it's truly epic. I'll let some of the greats speak. John Milton said, death is the key that unlocks the palace of eternity. What a wonderful key. It's very painful, isn't it, for those who remain? I find it so painful when people I love die. It's like, oh, the, the turning of the key is painful, but it's not ultimately painful. Paul to the Corinthians, at one point he said, Where, O oh death, is your sting? Well, when I read that, I can say, Paul, well, it's right here. It's right here. And those I love die, but I know what he's saying. He's saying, Where, O oh death, ultimately, O oh death, where is your sting? If you've ever been to a, a Premier League football match, soccer match uh, in the UK, have any of you ha- had that experience? It's. Yeah, <laughs> It's like the British fans, they are total thugs and they shout things at each other. Oh, oh, and you know, most most of it should should not be repeated, uh, particularly in the four walls of Sanctuary here. But Paul's got that attitude about him. It's like, where or where is your sting death? Because they mock each other asking all sorts of questions of the other fans and the other team. Let your mind run. But now bring it back and concentrate on what I'm saying. Where, O oh, death, is your sting? John Milton says, well, it's, it's the key, isn't it, that unlocks the palace of eternity. Benjamin Franklin said, fear not death. The sooner we die, the longer we shall be immortal. John Newton, his last words on his deathbed, he said, I am still in the land of the dying. Soon I shall be in the land of the living. Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the... You see, for, for, for someone who's already died in Christ and been raised in Christ, death is but a shadow. And you don't fear a sh- It's just a shadow. It's not something that can jump out and hit you. It's just a shadow. And a shadow cannot stop... The advance of a man along a road? Does the shadow of a dog bite? Does the shadow of a snake sting? It's a shadow. But it's a shadow that gives us a gulp, doesn't it? It's not, ah, shadow, shadow, what a fun shadow. No, there's something grave, deep sobriety accompanies this conversation and deep celebration for Jesus died that we might never again die for we have already died in Christ on the first Easter. We go through death like a man goes through a shadow. It cannot hold us, it cannot keep us. Meaning what? It means that we've been raised in Christ. So when we go through death in the years to come, in that moment, we will find quite literally that we do not descend down into an eternal hell, a place of living darkness, pain, but we ascend up into life, into risen life in Christ. That's an extension, a magnification of the risen life that we know in Christ now. The Bible teaches that those who are in Christ are born again. They're made new. They experience the Spirit of God within, within themselves here. We're still kind of in enemy territory. Sometimes we feel the heights of heaven, don't we? And sometimes we feel like we're very much living on earth. When we go through the shadow of death, we will be fully alive, fully risen. But even now, we are risen in Christ. Verse 4, if we have a look, it says, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Now, admittedly, Paul's not saying it absolutely flat there. He's not saying, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too have been raised (coughs) from the dead by the glory of the Father. But he's implying that, that we might... We might walk in newness of life because we've been raised up new. And elsewhere in scripture, I'm thinking particularly of Ephesians 2 verse 6, other places, Paul says it absolutely explicitly that we have been raised in Christ. I think someone even earlier in the meeting was praying or reading or bringing a prophetic pr- picture and she she spoke to us being raised in Christ. That's clear, black and white biblical truth. And the fact that we're we've looked at Dying in Christ, we're now looking at being raised in Christ. This too has a glorious implication. Namely, those who have died and been raised with Christ now are freed from sin's power. Look at verse 6. Very closely, please. We know that our old self was crucified with him. We've just been celebrating our death in Christ. In order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Glorious implication is we're freed from sin's power got that from this verse. But let's look closer at this verse and a couple more questions, if I may. Uh, question number one, let's do some Q&A to check we're really figuring out this verse. What was crucified with Christ? It's the green bit. What, think, just, just, just watch. What was crucified with Christ? Very good. See that? Our old self... So when I died with Christ been raised with Christ the thing that got crucified killed was my PJ's old self we know that our old self was crucified with Christ say old self once more second, second question was our body of sin was my body of sin crucified with him? Just, just look carefully. This is a slightly harder question. Was my body of sin? That's different from my old self. We know that my old self was crucified with him. There he speaks about the body of sin. Was it crucified with Christ? No, it wasn't. Which is a bit annoying. <laughs> Dang. My... My body of sin has not been crucified with Christ, rather frustratingly. But it has been what? Brought to nothing. It's been dealt with in a way that I am no longer enslaved to sin. You hearing what he's saying? So, we started talking about my old self that was crucified with Christ. So, let's imagine the centre mark here is I am crucified with Christ. Here, new life in Christ, raised up with Christ. As a not yet Christian, I have an old self. It's my inner self. It's distinguished from the body of sin, the outer self. It's. It's. Can you read that at the back? It says, "Old self, also known as inner self," and its mantra is, "I love sin." Then I've also got, I'm told here, um, a body of sin that before I died and raised in Christ, an uh, old body of sin. So old meaning old man. That's the new, new man here. So I've got an old body of sin, a.k.a. my outer self, it's body. And its mantra is what? I love sin. So I've got, this is me before Jesus, my, uh, my, uh, my old, my my old self—that's my inner self—who loves sin, and my old outer self, my body of sin uh, that also loves sin. These two are thick as thieves, man. They are homies. They're like this. Now, occasionally, they're both a bit dozy, and I have a good day and don't sin—thought, word, or deed, sins of omission, whatever. But most of the time, one of them, either this one or this one, says, Hey, dude, you want to sin? And the other one says, Oh, yes. Another day, it's the other one who says, Want to sin? Definitely, yes. These two, they're old, old, sinful, not regenerate in any way, no spirit of God. It's just inner sin, outer sin. It's not pretty. Then, when I get uh, old self, inner self, then when I die in Christ and am raised in Christ, the old body of sin, a.k.a. outer self, is still there. Well, here it's been brought to nothing in a second, but it's not crucified, it's not gone, it's there. My new self, new self, a.k.a. my inner self, that's what gets made new. So the prophet Ezekiel in the Old Testament, he says, when we get raised with Christ, when we get born again, made new, we we get a new heart. Um, Jesus to Nicodemus in John three, he says, you get born again. Now my body didn't. My inner man did. Paul to the Corinthians, two Corinthians five, he says, when you come to Christ, are reconciled with Christ, you become a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Not my body. He's not talking about my body. He's talking about my inner man. So I've now got a tension going on. And if you're a Christ follower, you can probably relate to this. I've got a good man and I've got a bad man. I've got an old man. I've got a new man. And there's a conflict. That's why as a Christ follower, sometimes I wake up floating like on a cloud of holiness. And and my old body of sin, or you, or something I watch, the world, the flesh, or the devil, says, hey, PJ, you want to sin? And I say, definitely not. I love you, Jesus. And then other days I wake up, and my body of sin, the world, the flesh, and the devil says, hey, PJ, you want to sin? And I just think, hubba, baba." And I think, what, what on earth is going on here? Which is it? Well, it's, it? Look, that's the conflict. That's the tension. So you're following the plot. In a kind of Iron Man, as in the movie Iron Man deal, when you come to Christ, you die in Christ, you get raised in Christ. You get like a, you get like a new inner self, a new heart, born again. The old is gone, the new has come, brand new. The body is not new. Hence conflict, hence difficulty, hence pain. Here's the kicker. Martin Lloyd-Jones reckons this is the most, he was a famous preacher, he reckons this is the most liberating chapter in the all of Scripture because it tells us that we get a new DNA. And DNA wins. Your hair can say, I want to be blonde. Your outer hair, I want to be blonde, I want to be blonde. Blonde if your dna is dark hair it's going to be dark hair i don't think coloring hair and all sorts of things like that that'll wreck the illustration just think <laughs> and what this what this glorious chapter as well as the rest of scripture we're just going for this one today what it teaches us is that the outer the old body of sin still says i love sin i love sin but the inner new self, a.k.a. the inner self, which has been crucified, it's now brand new, he says, I hate sin. So it's not a fair fight anymore. Can you just put the scriptures back up? Verse 6, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of, our old self was crucified, so we get a new self, so that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. So this one, the old bit, that I love sin bit, no longer has the power to enslave me to sin. When it was just these two bad boys, I was enslaved to sin. There wasn't anything in me going, no, don't sin, love Jesus. It was just like, no, sin, sin. This is stronger. This is bigger. We are no longer enslaved to sin. Now, let's get real. If you're a Christ follower, I reckon you're you're, you're loving the truth of this, but the reality of your life is a bit of a head-scratcher. You totally got, yeah, conflict, I can relate to that. You know, good one and and bad one and fighting. And, but this is bigger and stronger. But someday, so why do I still sin? Well, you're going to have a body of sin until you go through the shadow of death. Then the Bible teaches we get a brand new body. I'm really looking forward to that. How about you? I'm midlife and a few more things are aching than they used to. don't know if you've noticed, but I've got short legs. Anyone notice that? They called me penguin at high school. When I'd run doing track, the whole school we go we oh we oh we i'm through i've recovered <laughs> i've got the longest back shortest legs in heaven i'm going to have just long legs i'm sure of it <laughs> jokes aside no cancer cells in heaven <laughs> no tear read read revelation 21 no tear ty- uh, crying death decay new bodies, no conflict in heaven, just the outer man and the inner man celebrating. No sin, no temptation to sin. Until that day, we will have a body of sin, so you've got to reconcile that. So we need to get skilled at amplifying and enjoying the, I hate sin, inner man, because we're told, facts, truth, we're no longer enslaved to sin means we can't be made to sin. If you're a slave, you have to. Now we do, but we don't have to. So how do we turn up uh, the volume? Well, a few things uh, to help us on this. The truth is, I can now say no. I'm going to do I can say no to sin, and I want to say no. So I can say no, it's because my DNA has changed. So C.S. Lewis, great C.S. Lewis, friend of Tolkien and so on, um, he said Christianity is not uh, y- you as a grass field, grass field, and then you're told you need to start producing wheat. Your grass field, and you're now told produce wheat. You think, oh flip, I don't think I can do that. I'll try. Uh, uh, uh. I can't keep this up. I'm a grass field. Romans 6 says you're no longer a grass field. You're a new man inside. You've got to grasp that. That you you, you can. That's your new identity. Or think of it like this, if you will. Could you imagine, please, that you're a pig, just for a moment. Please say oink. And uh, you you decide as a pig that you want to become a Christian. And... uh, So um, you hear God's voice. He says, Would you like to become a Christ follower, pig? And you go, Oh, cool. Yes, please. I'd like that very much. I'd like to become a Christian, become a Christ follower. And uh, then uh, God says, Well, I want you now to stop behaving like a pig and behave rather like an eagle. I want you to soar on wings of holiness, pig. Go. And you think, Oh, dear. All right. Well, I'll give that a bash. And you get your little hooves out. You think, okay, I've got a soar on wings of holiness. So you do your trotters, your hooves, all four of them as fast as you can. And after a bit, you get airborne. You get about a foot off the ground and you're there. And you know, oh, this is Christianity. My goodness, it's harder. Whoa, it's harder than I thought, but... This is what it is, so I better just stick with it. I can do this. I'm soaring on wings like, holiness, I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, I'm giving money, I'm going to church, I'm being kind, and I'm not sleeping with my girlfriends anymore. I'm just... (laughs) And then one day, (laughs) splat down in the mud. And you think to yourself, my goodness. Really, I thought it was going to be a whole lot better than that. It's just hard work. But I guess I'm in it now, and I don't want to, you know look like someone who flips and flops and I've told people I'm a Christian so here goes and they're down again it's just a nightmare that is not Christianity I don't know what it is but it's some sick perverted gospel think of yourself as a pig again pig would you like to become a Christian oh yes please God I'd like that very much what should I do and God says do nothing let me now by new birth, miraculous new birth of my spirit. Don't move, don't do anything. Don't read your Bible, don't pray. New birth by my spirit. I'm going to make you into an eagle. The old is gone, the new has come. Born again into an eagle. DNA change. Now, eagle, oink. Hello, you're an eagle now. Got to be really clear on this. Eagle, oink, who's that? It's you, it's, you're an eagle now. That's what Christianity is, it's new birth. Oh, oink, no, don't say it. Say, ah, ah. Okay, now eagle, why don't you begin to fly? I'm giving you some wings, begin to fly. It's all. It's all a bit uncoordinated at first he's still figuring out what does it mean to love Jesus in the way we live not just internal attitudes so it's a bit clunky at first but he he gets airborne and he grows some and he's up there and he's up there and uh, he's flying oh this is wonderful reading my bible and praying not sleeping my girlfriend better attitudes giving money to the cause of the gospel. Oh, this is lovely. Thank you, God. Wonderful. But God, just, just a question. What happens if I don't keep this up and do sin and I go splat back in the mud like a pig? And God says, well, well, Eagle, we'll dust you off and clean you off and get you airborne. Again, right away. If it happens again, yeah, we'll do that again. But... Eagle, the key thing to remember is that you're now an eagle who may sometimes behave like a pig. You're no longer a pig who might sometimes behave like an eagle. And pig, understanding your identity now, I mean eagle, understanding your identity now, eagle, is critically important. Knowing who you are, knowing that you are new is the first critical step into making sure that you are not enslaved to pig living, but you are increasingly flying like an eagle. You hearing this? Are you you really though? Because you old New England folks are pretty clever. Eight, Six out of the eight Ivy League schools around these parts. Are you sure you're not applying logic in one area, but not the other? You see, when you're a little boy, imagine you have a son, and he starts running around the yard one day barking. He goes, woof, woof. Dad, Mom, I'm a dog, listen. Woof, woof. And mum's at home, but Dad isn't. So she phones her husband says, terrible news. He started to bark. He's a dog. He's a dog. He's not a dog. What is he? He's a boy who now sometimes barks. Doesn't make him a dog. Yet, there you are. I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian. And then instead of going, ah, you go, oink. And splat. You're flying. You go, oink. Oink. You splat. It doesn't make you a pig. It makes you an eagle who sometimes speaks and sometimes acts like a pig. There is no glorious gospel outside of this truth that we really are made new. I have died with Christ. I am now raised with Christ. Yeah, there's a fight going on, but I'm no longer enslaved to sin. I need to get my new identity. If you read verse 11 of this chapter, Paul turns it up. Any of you accountants in finance? Any of you accountants in finance? Dang. Um, But you do your home budget, right? Paul says you need to account yourself. Count yourself dead to sin and alive in God. It means put yourself in the right column. I am dead to sin and I am alive in God. You don't put credits in the debit column. You'll get into all sorts of trouble. Again, you're all New England folks. Very good at finance and doing your home budget. Please apply just the same logic to, to what's being presented here. You account yourself. I'm in the eagle column, not the pig column. I know I sometimes act like a pig, but I am an eagle. Identity. I can say no to sin. Now let's deal with the, close out with this. I want to say no to sin. How does that work? It's a bit hard to understand. We're no longer enslaved to sin. How do we keep this volume large? Well, know that this is the DNA. This is the driver. This is the much the stronger man. We're no longer enslaved to sin. I can. Ah, Not oink. You will oink. Doesn't make you a pig. I can and I want to. I'm with him. He's accepted, righteous, peace with God forever. Can't be kicked out. The motivation from identity, knowing your identity and knowing the grace of God that I'm accepted because of what he did, his death, his burial, his resurrection. It makes me want to say no to sin more and yes to Jesus more. And what when I blow it? What when I go oink? I'm still an eagle. Really? Righteous one? Oh, it makes me want to stay out of the mud. Keep helping me, Lord. Brothers, sisters, keep helping me. When I get down, we keep helping each other. We keep fighting until that glorious day when we really will have new bodies as well as a new heart.